listeners, it is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so therefore I want to say welcome to this week in interview. Uh, every Wednesday we do this. We, we sit down and we talk, we discuss, we have conversations with persons of interest, whether by what they do, their work, their experience, or just the circumstances in which they exist. And we think that it is an interesting conversation that will provide some thought, sort of perspective, a different perspective from what we can get in, the, in, in just reading newspaper or going online and browsing. So this week in interview is, is a program that's designed to stimulate thinking and most importantly to leave you with items that you can take action on. So tonight is no exception. Tonight uh, we want to focus on the social unrest, if we want to call it that, social discontent and friction that's been going on in Dominica um, for the last month or so. On on May 11th, on May 11th, citizens of, well, it happened next to Salisbury, so we assume it is it is residents of Salisbury primarily, but it may not only be residents of Salisbury. But the, the highway, the road between, that links the capital, Roseau, to the second um, town, the, the town of Portsmouth in the north, the main communication road in Dominica along the west coast, was blocked by residents who were angry and disgruntled and were complaining that their concerns were not being heard. Primary among that concern was the, the question of feeder roads not being in a condition where they could drive to their to their farms. And so they took to the streets and they they did some things that they thought would get attention to the issue. So this is what we're going to focus on tonight on this week in interview. I'm going to speak with uh, Mr. Joshua Francis, who is the MP for um, Rosa South. We, he, we're going to to talk about it, he, he's also an attorney uh, because uh, just uh, yesterday, I believe it was, the there, there are a few persons from the village of Salisbury who were arrested and charged as a result of the action that was taken on May 11th. And so they were brought before the magistrate court in Roseau uh, to read charges and, and, and basically to see if there was enough grounds to have a case brought forward. And uh, Mr. Francis was part of the representation of those persons. So tonight we're going to have him as our guest. We're going to try to get an inside perspective. We're going to try to understand the laws that govern the, that sort of behavior and, and what uh, and the actions of the police and, and the government in response. And we'll also delve a little bit into the social and, and economic issues. So this is this week in interview, and our guest tonight is it will be Mr. Joshua Francis. Uh, so I want to say, sit down, relax, get your drink. If you, if you, if whatever your drink is, it might be water, it might be something a little more stimulating. Get that. Let's. We're going to have pretty exciting and interesting conversation. We. I want to say welcome back if you are a regular listener to this week in interview. We like 
that you come back every Wednesday. We we hope that is an indication that you that you like what we do because we do it for you. And when you when it no longer meets your your criteria as a viable show, we need to change it up. So so we we appreciate the feedback that we get from some of you. If this is your first time listening to this weekend interview, I want to say welcome, welcome to this weekend interview. And I hope that by the by the end of the show, by the end of the hour, you will be sufficiently uh, you will you be satisfied with what you heard that you too will become a regular listener to this weekend interview. So this is TDN Radio. You can find us on tdnradio.net. You could also find us by um, downloading the tuning app on your mobile device and find us at TDN Radio. Take a quick musical break, and when I come back, we will be talking to Mr. Joshua Francis uh, on the line all the way from Dominica, and hopefully we're going to have pretty interesting discussion. I am excited. I'm looking forward to to delving into the issues with him, and I hope you too. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, just so you know, this is TDN Radio, tdnradio.net. You can also, if you don't have access to the internet, you can find us by calling in the phone number, the calling phone phone number, area code 605-562-7031. So that's a number that you can call from your from your mobile phone if you want to listen to the program, not if you want to call in. Okay, so there are several ways you can you can find us. You can find us online at tdnradio.net. You can do the tuning app, or there are other apps that you can do and search for TDN Radio, or you can dial the number 605 605-562-7031. 605-562-7031. And that way you get to listen to TDN Radio. If you want to join the conversation, we'll be our guest tonight, as I told you, will be Mr. Joshua Francis. He's going to be joining us via Skype. So if you if you want to join the conversation, uh, you can you can go to Skype. If you if you are on our contact list, you will see you you, you can call in. Um, or if you're not, then our Skype name is TDN Radio. You can go to Skype and um, I'll send a request. I'll accept your request, and that way you can either Skyping, texting a, a question or comment, and I will accommodate it as best as possible. Um, or you can actually call call into into the program. Call me on Skype, and I can patch you in live to talk to our guest. Cause we'll be talking to him via Skype. Uh, if you want to phone in, uh, you can phone in at area code six one seven three seven two zero one zero seven six one seven three seven two zero one zero seven. I'm waiting for for Mr. Francis, Joshua Francis, our guest, to, to come on up. Uh, so while I'm waiting for him to call in, as I was saying before the break, on May 11th, um, the people, the, there was a protest outside the village of Salisbury. And subsequent to that, the police made some arrests. And then the, the, the folks that they arrested were brought before the court yesterday. And so I thought it would be a good. I actually had a, a different program schedule. I was going to do a tribute to late my friend, our friend, um, the late president of Dominica, Doctor Liverpool, um, who passed. 
Um, but his, his final services are on Friday, and I figure we could we could move that around and do that program next week because this is what's happening and this is what we have questions on. So, Mr. 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 Francis, I heard him talking on um, Q95 about about the case, and he seemed to to articulate it very well. And so, I thought that he was the perfect guest to have on the program tonight. I was also trying to get. Um, Mr. Hector, Hector John, who was leader of the opposition before the last election, up to the last election. He's not the, he's not the current leader of the opposition, but he was leader of opposition until then. And he's the parliamentary representative for Salisbury. And he's been featured very strongly in the whole unrest protesting that's been going on. So... I wanted to get him, but it seems that we, he, he, he said he had a, a, a prior engagement for 8 o'clock. He was going to try to move around, but apparently he, he wasn't successful in moving that around. So our guest, our sole guest tonight is Mr. Um, Joshua Francis. So the other person that we were trying to get on the show, we tried to get um, Superintendent Weeks from the police department to give the perspective of the police. Um, but he too was not able to come. So what I have done is we have scheduled him for two weeks from now. So so we will have the perspective from the police side. I, I, I wouldn't say the government side. I'll say the police side. I um, I will also try to get somebody from, from the government to give the perspective as well. Um, but for now, we have a tentative arrangement um, with, with Superintendent Weeks he, to come on um, on two Wednesdays from now to give the police side. But tonight we have uh, Mr. Mr. Joshua Francis as our guest going to give us a side on the on the protesters and um, and from the opposition point of view because he's a he's an opposition MP as well as um, he's an attorney. I believe yes, he is. Um, so from the, explain the laws that apply and that sort of thing. So so let us see if um, we can raise Mr. Joshua on the line. Hello. Yes, Mr. Francis. Yes, sir. Good evening. Good evening. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show so much. Welcome to this weekend interview. Thank you, sir. My pleasure to be here. A pleasure to have you. So 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 we we're live on on this weekend interview. Um, I was explaining to the listeners just a bit basic background, um, just bit some basic facts. There was a protest outside the village of Salisbury on May 11th, and um, subsequent to that, the police, uh, almost a month later, the police went to the village of Salisbury and made some arrests in connection with that, with that protest action, and those persons were brought before the court this week. Um, was I correct to say that you were part of the representative, the legal representative team for those persons, those defendants? Yes, you you are very correct. But before I say anything else, allow me the opportunity to say good evening to your listeners. Definitely, go ahead. Mm-hmm. In the United States of America, Canada, and throughout the world, I'm assuming that we also have listeners here in Dominica as well. We definitely have listeners in Dominica who listen to the program. Yes, um, and that is correct, sir. I was part of the legal team. Well, I am part of the legal team, which represents the accused persons as it relates to the, the said protest on May 11th, 2015, in the village of Salisbury. 
Okay, so let's step back a little bit and let's go to May 11. Um, can you give us a little bit of background as to what ha what what happened on that day? A number of Salisbury residents, based on their constitutional right of public expression, converged at Salisbury to demonstrate for recognition from the government of Dominica to redress concerns as it relates to feeder routes to their farmlands. Apparently, a number of Salisbury farmers have had discontentment with the government of Dominica. They have expressed it. They sought attention. And they were of the opinion that they were not getting sufficient attention and therefore decided to converge in the Salisbury area to demonstrate requesting that a government minister or an agent of a government minister, particularly the Minister of Agriculture, would make himself or his agent available to tell the Salisbury people something about addressing the feeder risk to the farms. Okay, so let's, let, let's pause there for a little bit. Um, because the listeners, are, most of them are familiar that the, that the roads were blocked or uh, debris was put in the road and that sort of thing. And, and it seems like that was a pretty drastic action to take. Can you walk us back a, a few steps further back? Did the, did, the pro, did the persons, the farmers from Salisbury, did they make previous um, approaches to the government to, to, to address that concern? Yes, they, they had made previous representations including a demonstration in Roseau sometime last year. They had assembled by the Ministry of Finance to express their concerns about their feeder roads. And the government had given or had made some public statements that the feeder roads would have been addressed. A matter of fact, the Honorable Roosevelt Scarrett, Prime Minister of Dominica, and some of the members of cabinet were in the Salisbury area to ex to examine some of the feeder roads which have been degraded over the years. And the prime minister then gave representation that the roads would be fixed. And that was sometime earlier in the year. Richard, this is 2015? 2015, that is correct. Mm -hmm. so, but, uh, so, so, so there was protest, there was... There was protest in Roseau, peaceful protest, I assume, because it didn't, we didn't get all of that. Um, and, and as a result of that, the Prime Minister met with the farmers and promised that their concerns would be addressed. So is it, is it a matter of lack of patience on the part of the farmers? That, or what, what, what brought it to a boil on, the, on, on May 11? No, I would not say it's a lack of patience. I, I would say that it's an exercise of the farmers' own discretion. As you know, discretion is relative and subjective. And the farmers were disgusted and were concerned about the roads for a significant period of time from their point of view. And they felt that their concerns were falling on deaf ears. And therefore, like protesters throughout the world, they felt by demonstrating, they would force their message to the government of Dominica to redress their, their concerns. Okay. So, I'm... Put on your legal hat a minute for me, because we, we want to analyze it a little bit. I know, I think, when I was listening to it on the radio, 
the charges that were brought against the protesters, the persons that they arrested, the accused, um, was done under the Riot Act, is it? That is correct. So what does the Riot Act say about um, citizens' ability to protest and what uh, and what is the police saying that they that they did that violated the law that crossed over from a protest into a riot? Well, an alleged riot. Right, I'm saying the, from, I'm saying from the police point of view, it crossed over from a protest into a riot. So right. what I mean, give us a from a legal um, somebody who's closer who's closer to the events, lay it out for us exactly what. What does the law, what does the, the Riot Act call for and what is the police saying that um, was done against the law? Why that justified arrest? Well, first and foremost, allow me to comment about the Riot Act. Sure. Uh, the Riot Act emanates from a parent riot act, riot act of Great Britain. And that Riot Act was first legislated in 1714 of course, by, by, by an act of parliament of Great Britain. And basically, it, it gave the police authorities or the law enforcement authorities back then in Great Britain to declare that any group of 12 or more people who would have unlawfully assembled and after given warning to disperse from demonstrating, and failed to disperse thereafter and be even in a tumultuous, as, it, as the Riot Act describes, could be held liable for a riotous and tumultuous behavior, hence subject to punitive action. Okay. As in the case of the Riot Act of Dominica, if the accused were to be found guilty, they could face up to five years imprisonment. On that note, the Riot Act of England has since been repealed and the provisions from the Riot Act have been transferred to the Public Order Act. Several other jurisdictions within the Commonwealth would have had the Riot Act and since then would have repealed the Act. In Dominica, we have not repealed the Act and the Act provides provision which allows the police officer, officers, sorry, to take necessary action as they as deemed fit in the eyes. So in the case of Salisbury, the police officers are of the view, and when I say police officers, I'm referring to the officers who investigated the matter to determine whether the Salisbury protesters are rioters or not. They feel, they feel that the, the protesters were given full warning upon blocking the road. They were asked to vacate the, the road, to clear the road, and if not clear the road, but to leave, to disperse so that the police officers could clear. In their mind, the protesters did not take heed. They, they stayed on the road and eventually uh, resisted dispersion. And of course, you know what happened after that. Okay. So... <laughs> So, so in a sense, the police is saying that it can then justify the arrest of the protesters based on the law of Dominica, which is the Riot Act. Well, yes, under the Riot Act, um, the law, I do not, unfortunately, I did not work with the Act. And, um, but you explained it quite clearly. You, you explained it quite clearly. I think we understand what, what you're saying. Yes, several limbs must be satisfied. 
um, number one persons, 12 or more persons must converge in a particular area, of course, in the public space. Mm -hmm. And they must behave in a tumultuous or riotous behavior as described by the Act. Now, of course, that terminology or terminologies must be defined within the law when the matter appears or when the matter comes up again. Um, furthermore, proclamation. So apart from 12 or more persons converging in an area, two, they must behave in a tumultuous behavior. Three, a proclamation must be made. Um, proclamation basically back then, it was from the Queen of England in Dominica. It has to be the head of state is the president. Therefore, a proclamation has to be declared. Essentially, the essence of the proclamation is that the police officers must make it known unto the protesters that they ought to disperse from the area. And that order coming from the head of state, the president of the and if thereafter they refuse and resist vacating the area, then they could be held liable for riotous and tumultuous behavior as described under the riot act. Okay. So, so the other question that I have is, in, if that if the act is so clear, why did it take the police a month and a day to to make arrests? And why are they arresting only six persons when there was? I, I assume there were more than twelve. If they if they invoke in the act, I assume there were more than twelve. What well, about those six persons in particular um, caused them to be arrested? Well, these are so many questions that have already been raised. When the matter appeared before the court. I made a liminate submission essentially asking the magistrate to strike out or strike off the matter on the basis that on the face of the charges, the uh, charge does not meet the requirement for a charge to be instituted against a person based on the provisions of the Riot Act. The Riot Act Section 4 talks of 12 or more persons, which would suggest that 12 or more persons should be arrested for that provision to come to life. That, of course, is my contention, but the magistrate rejected that. On the issue of, well, she didn't totally reject it, but she felt that my submission had merit, but at that stage of the proceeding, she was not prepared to grant the application. On the issue of time, the Act, the Right Act, does make provision for alleged rioters to be arrested and brought before the court 12 months from the day of the alleged riot. Wow, okay. So um, the, the act makes provision. The question is, what or which method of arrest the police, of, the police force of Dominica ought to have used? Of course, you would hear in the public space that it would be better to use a warrant in that the police officers could, sorry, not warrant, but summons, the police officers could identify the alleged rioters and summon them to appear in court to answer to the charge. Or they could, you know, get a um, warrant for arrest and go to Salisbury to execute the arrest, which they chose. And, of course, um, the manner in which it, it was done has raised several questions. Um, questions of whether the police officers took the direction, bad advice from the political directorate of the Dominican Labour Party-led government, and inflamed the situation, or they could have simply, uh, you know, dealt with the situation by negotiation. 
So there were several avenues which could have been employed, but of course they choose one avenue and there's, you know, quite a number of people are of the view that they went there on June 11th to make the arrest and essentially that caused another protest. That is correct. Well, you know, we have not even gone to that point because um, we had we heard of the flirtations from the Minister of Legal Affairs, Honorable Blackmore, and other members of government, stating that they were going to take a necessary course of action to deal with the alleged rioters. So uh, it's not, it didn't come by surprise to the people of Salisbury. It did not come by surprise, and that is why when the police officers went to Salisbury at early hours of the morning and executed their arrest. The Salisbury people resisted because, uh, as has been said in Salisbury, uh, you touch what you touch all, you take what you take all. You know, so the people of Salisbury felt that uh, the police officers were using excessive force and were using tactic of intimidation. And what we saw is a demonstration of mass arrest, something which is an element of poli policing in what we refer to as police states. Okay. Go, go a little bit further into, into the concept of the police state. That you, that you, what, what, what do you consider well, to be a police state? Well, um, a police, as you know, the police, the police has an important role to play in any country. Uh, police officers are executors of the law, and the execution must be just. It must be fair, it, and it must be consistent with the Constitution of Dominica. Any action by the police officers which is contrary to the Constitution or to any act of parliament in Dominica could be deemed to be a misconduct, could be unlawful, unreasonable, and and frivolous. In the case of what has happened in Salisbury, there are questions of excessive force used by the police force of Dominica. When I say of a police state, uh, basically in some countries you would know that the political head uses the police force to machinate its political agenda. And that is what many have suspected may be creeping in Dominica. So, so essentially, you thinking that the police statics was intended to send a message to other persons who may be thinking of protesting their grievances in a similar manner? Well, um, I cannot speak for the police. I, I cannot say exactly what is in the mind of the police head or the police commissioner of Dominica, but listening to the PRO, and I understood that the commissioner has put out a statement which I have not read, and that statement came out today. I, it would seem to suggest that the police are of the view that the protesters went overboard in the protestation, and therefore, in keeping to the rule of law, they had to take the necessary step. But as we know in Dominica, a small country, and the police force does not always act independently. You know that in these small countries, there's a nexus between the police commissioner in his execution to that of the head of state or the prime minister. And 
it would not be a surprise to anybody if the politicians within the government of Dominica ill-advised the police commissioner of Dominica to take that, that step which he took as far as executing the arrest on the alleged protesters, the alleged rioters in Salisbury. But, but you would think that the, the advice should go in the other direction. The police should be the expert on security and therefore they should be advising the government, not the other way around, right? Well, um, of course, the police officers are the executors, and then within the Ministry of Legal Affairs, you have the interpreters of the law. Sometimes the commissioner may need to obtain legal advice from the legal engineers of the government of Dominica. So, uh, what we consider to be good policing would be taking this legal advice, and in the interest of the people of the country, taking the best and most reasonable step, because ultimately the police force has an important role to play as a unit of the government in the interest of the people, protectors of the people, executing the law in a professional manner, executing the law in a, in a very equitable manner, not using excessive force, not using brutal and arbitrary force, not using unreasonable force. So the the next thing is, if we, if we come to June 11th, okay, we spoke about June 11th and the mass arrest and that infect. And then yesterday, um, the six persons who were arrested were brought before the magistrate. What, if, and I want, I want to get past the legal thing and then we go into the social and economic side of things. Um, what is the next steps for, from the court point of view for, for the, for the defenders? What, what, what's, what's, what do we expect next? Well, um, the, the matter is an indictable matter, and therefore it was not required for the accused to give a plea. The matter was adjourned to the 27th of October, 2015. And on that day, we're hoping that by then we would have disclosure. That is the evidence gathered by the police force to substantiate and justify the charges brought against the accused. If we were to obtain the evidence, and when I say we, I'm talking about the defense team, mm -hmm. we are hoping that we could start the trial, which would be a preliminary inquiry in the determination of whether there is a prima facie case against the accused. If the matter were to be conducted to the full extent of the law, then the magistrate would have to determine whether that matter should be referred to the high court. At that stage, the trial would be held before the judge and jury would then make the determination on the culpability of the accused. The defense team are of the view that the matter will not go that far. Of course, there are several questions that will be asked. I mentioned some of them already. Issues of whether the proclamation of the riot act was read to the, the people of Salisbury, the protest, protesters, namely, to whether... There, there is selective arrest from the onset of the program. You raise the issue why six persons. Of course, more than six persons would have been on the West Coast Road, the Oliver Libla Highway by at, at uh, Salisbury on that day. So uh, several questions will be raised. Several, several questions. I just named a few. Okay. So let's 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 analyze this thing from from a social social point of view. And 
on, on, until you read the riot act and, and whatnot, I was wondering what was the grounds for the arrest because, of course, if persons are going to protest, is is because they have a grievance with the government, and um, sometimes people feel they have to be disruptive to get the attention that they that they need. The police, on the other hand, has a responsibility to maintain law and order and, 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 and a peaceful um, environment. Walk us through. Put on your MP hat, you know, your your citizen's hat, if you want, if you want to call that, and walk us through um, how the, how does a government go about striking that balance where they look at what happened in Salisbury and say, okay, that was a protest. Oh, no, this was a riot. Let's take action so that it doesn't escalate and spread over the country. Talk to us a little bit about what, what you see on the ground as you're thinking in that, in, that, in that setting. Well, first and foremost, when you look at the genesis of the situation, it is an economic one. The farmers of Salisbury basically called for improvement of the feeder roads to their farmlands. And you must imagine a farmer responsible to pay his mortgage, responsible to send his children to school, responsible to put food on his table. And he depends on his farm solely to take care of his financial obligations, to stay mentally, spiritually, and physically fit. And because of bad roads, he cannot access his land with his vehicle or with a vehicle therefore being affected in producing and distributing his products to the markets where he sells his produce. It affects him psychologically, it affects him economically and otherwise. He therefore takes it to the attention of his parliamentary representative and then to the government of Dominica that these rules need to be fixed because it's not just a question of getting to his farm, it's a question of eating, it's a question of paying his bills. He is aggrieved, he makes numerous calls, and nobody seems to care. Therefore, he feels if he protests, he takes disruptive measures, then he will get the listening ear of the government of Dominica. At that stage, the farmers called for a representative of the government to appear in Salisbury on the 11th of May 2015 to say something about the status on fixing the roads. That's all the farmers requested. A government which is reasonable, a government which is professional, a government which is equitable, and a government which is visionary, putting away partisan politics, would listen to the people, understanding that at the end of the day, the welfare of the people takes precedence. Whether the people are from Grand Bay, whether they're from Portsmouth, whether they're from Russo, or whether they're from Salisbury. And that did not happen. Rather, what we saw is a manifestation of arrogance, a manifestation of a lack of humility on the part of the leadership of the government. Hence, this resulted in the protest turning into what it turned into. That could have been avoided. Okay, so... If, yes. So, so what we're saying is that they, they, there was cause for the situation to be remedied. And I mean, I grew up in Castle Bruce, so I know what it is if you have 
you have plantains in the field, you have bananas, you have whatever it is that's spoiling, and you cannot get a vehicle to go take it so you can sell it. Or you have weeds coming up, you cannot go take care of your farm. So, and 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 with all the economic consequences that that you mentioned, and so the farmers felt that they had to do something to 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 get the attention that they needed. So, the the, the government decided. We want to make an example. I'm, 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 of course, assuming that because of the action that they're taking, they're saying we want to make an example of this of this particular situation, so that we don't have this happening again. Also, people don't think that they can just break the law and block roads and when they feel like it. But where do we? Where do you see it heading in terms of in terms of like a strategy? Um, I know you're not in government, but you, well, you're in government, but you're in the op- op- opposition side of things, especially on an issue as important as agriculture. Where do you see this whole situation leading to in where, where farmers can get access to the land, people can get access to the economy activity, and we can, we can avoid a further breakdown in, in law and order? Well, first and foremost, Protest, protest is international, and every country recognizes, particularly Western countries, recognizes the constitutional right of its citizens to protest in getting the attention of its government. In Dominica, as an example, we have a constitutional right to express ourselves. We have a constitutional right to con- to assemble in a place. This is what the people of, of Salisbury did. They got together and they made a public expression. Unfortunately, due to the ill-advised decision of the government of Dominica, it resulted into what it resulted into. Moving forward, I'm hoping that by now, common sense and political wisdom have permeated or infiltrated in the minds of the leadership of the government of Dominica. And the government would have changed its strategy, whereby instead of using force, instead of inflaming, instead of provocation, and instead of hostility, will sit with the people, the leadership, of the farmers and the leaders of the Salisbury area and to discuss the matter on a way forward. The Salisbury protest, May 11th, 2015, has implications not only for Salisbury, but for Dominica as a whole, for every area which depends on agriculture. It has forced us to question the rule of law in Dominica. It has also raised issues of policing. There are issues of conflict resolution. That is the government's ability to deal with conflicts, which will always be in our system. We have had serious protests before, and we will continue to have protests in one form or the other. What defines a government in its leadership if it is its ability to not only make the life of the ordinary citizen of his country better, but 
to deal with conflict res resolution. We have a situation here in Dominica where the government has reflected failures on both ends in conflict resolution, one, and two, in improving the economic welfare of its citizens. You have heard discussions on the importance of agriculture in Dominica. After all, if a man is talented, talent is football and he wants to shine in sports, a man in that situation with common sense would play football and not basketball. If you were to apply this analogy to the economic situation in Dominica, you would understand that a reasonable government with a vision would give agriculture priority as far as an economic stay and an economic generator or motto in developing Dominica. Agriculture must be given more attention at a grassroots level, and that is where the farm roads are coming in. That is just one of several ingredients which must be satisfied for us to develop agriculture, for us to start producing in Dominica, and for us to put Dominica on a sustainable path of economic growth. So, as, as an attorney, what, what is the, the bar association, what are the persons in the judicial system in Dominica doing about our constitution? Every time, and, and I guess we, we haven't come up against some of them before because maybe we had more reasonable people wielding power. Um, but every time we come up against something, we find out, well, this is what the Constitution says. Uh, we, we talk about election reform. We talked about even Parliament. I, I looked, I, we, we've had two seasons of Parliament since elections in December. And they were basically, specifically, this last one looked like it was called simply to pass some act that was required at the OECS level. Um, and, and again, Normally, you would understand that parliamentarians would stand up in the House of Assembly and they would state the grievances of the constituents. The country government would get a chance to respond. But we have not had regular sittings of parliament. We've not had House of Assembly. But then when you question that, you find out that the constitution only calls for not more than a six-month span. So the government is, quote-unquote, within the, the realms of the constitution when they do that. Mm -hmm. What as as an attorney, as a member of the bar of the judicial community in Dominica, how are we addressing that? It seems to be such a dire need to to upgrade, to whatever it is, revamp, to revise, to to do a proper job so that our constitution can actually um, provide what the country needs. Because I'm a member of the of the, the JCS International. One of the things that we say in our creed is that government should be of laws rather than of men. But if the, if the laws are not keeping up with the demands of the community, then it becomes useless. So what, 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 are, you, what, is the, what, is, what are there any movements towards modifying the Constitution so that it better um, protects the people? Well, we have patches of conversations taking place as it relates to the Constitution. But currently, we do not have any formal group which is working on the review of the Constitution. I am subject to correction. However, my, if my mind serves me well, the last time we put a group together or forced together to examine the Constitution and to make proposals for constitutional review 
was during the reign of the United Workers' Party under the leadership of Mr. Edison James, Prime Minister then, several persons were appointed to look at the Constitution of Dominica and to make suggestions so that the Constitution of Dominica could align itself with the needs of the people. Because, as you rightly said, the Constitution has to evolve because we have paradigm shifts. If so, the provisions of the Constitutions are not applicable and no longer useful or does not meet the full potential to, it, to the needs of its people, then it must change. Unfortunately, intellectualism in Dominica has not taken root to the point where it's blossoming. We are still, in my view, at an embryonic stage, and I'm hoping that as time elapses, we have more people getting involved in national discussions to improve our social, economic, and political infrastructure, as well, of course, the legal infrastructure most of the Constitution of Dominica. There are persons with the talents here and abroad. We do not need to hire foreigners to look at our Constitution and to make the necessary proposals to the Parliament of Dominica. We do have the people. We have the legal experts here. We have people with vision. It's just an issue of being mature and being willing to sit together and to make the necessary amends. It's certainly because, I mean... Um, at, the head, at the start of the show tonight, I, I told listeners that originally I had planned to do a tribute to Dr. Nick Liverpool. Um, the reason I'm saying that is because Dr. Liverpool was involved in the judicial system on an international level. We have previous people like um, Telford Judges. We have current people who are serving, Sir Brian Allen. We have, we have persons who definitely have demonstrated the intellect, the ability... You know, and, and the statesmanship is, is a word I like to use, where people, basically persons who we think has the ability to put country before self or country before party. And so I, the, hope, the hope is that um, that can be driven from maybe starting with a group of lawyers, because that's your field. Um, that's the field that's closest to you know the interpretation and the application of the constitution, but but let me let me take one quick pause. I see it's already eight o'clock. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask listeners who may want to call, and 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 ask you a question or make a comment. They can call in. The calling number would be six one seven three seven two zero one zero seven six one seven three seven two zero one zero seven and you can get to talk to honorable uh, uh, joshua francis uh, who is on the line with us from dominica or you, you can ask a question you can make a comment our time is tight so we'll, i'll be able to take maybe two two or three calls um keep your comments tight um but if you want to join the conversation you can call in at six one seven three seven two zero one zero seven we're also on skype um, and this would actually be the better way to call. If you if you are on our contact list on Skype, you can if you call on Skype, I can actually join you to the conversation. If you call on the phone, I have to relay your question to to Mr. Francis. But if listeners, if you wanted to um, join the conversation, I I would I would invite you to 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 call in. Okay, so from a United Workers Party point of view, opposition point of view, um, the 
do you think that the government is making a misstep? The reason why I'm asking is because, for one, it, it, it seems like the situation is, is, is escalating instead of de-escalating. But also, too, it's giving persons like you who are in the opposition the opportunity to step, to step up and defend. <laughs> so, so defend the persons who are protesting. What is the strategy of the United Workers Party, the opposition? I'm saying strategy. Uh, maybe strategy is a wrong word because it's, it, 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 but it is strategy. Um, yes. not, not, not that, not that I'm, I'm suggesting that there's behind the scenes dealing and weaving and that you guys instigated the, the protest by any means. But as, as, as a member of the opposition in Dominica, what is the, the thinking of the, of the United Workers Party in addressing that that need that we have in the country for persons to be heard and for their needs to be addressed, as well as trying to get it done without too much disruption. Because let's face it, whether the government continues, or especially if the government gets replaced by the United Workers Party, you don't want a, too much of a breakdown, and then instead of going forward, we have to do too much rebuilding and restructuring. So. Right. Well, first of all, the United Workers Party stands for peace and order and seeks to improve the prosperity of each and every Dominican. And in that respect, the United Workers Party does not condone, does not encourage, and does not aid and abet violence in any shape or form. However, the United Workers Party stands with the ordinary person in quest to receive justice. The Salisbury situation, as I said, has caused a lot of us to question the leadership in Dominica, not only in terms of its ability to provide bread and butter for the ordinary person, but in terms of its foresight, in terms of its care and love for its people. And we have decided to take the leadership on the matter and under the leadership of the Honorable Lennox Linton. An invitation letter was sent to the Prime Minister, the Honorable Bishop of Dominica, the Parliamentary Representative of the Salisbury Constituency, Honorable Sparks John, the head of the Christian Society, to name a few, so that these leaders could sit around the table and to discuss the Salisbury matter so that we could get a final resolution moving forward to avoid any destabilization, to avoid any unrest, and to deflate the tension which has resulted between not just Salisbury people, but several nationals of Dominica and the government of Dominica. So our approach is one to generate and deepen peace. Our approach is one to unify Dominica. If you listen to our campaign messages throughout the campaign season last year, we refer to ourselves as Team Dominica, irrespective of party colors, Oftentimes, you heard the, the political leader, Honorable Lennox Linton, saying, just as 
President Obama said to the people of the United States that the country is not divided between political colors. There is no blue Dominica and red Dominica. There is one Dominica. And this is what we see in our political eyes. One Dominica, and that is what we want to deepen. That is what we want to strengthen. And to achieve this is not by digging political trenches. To achieve this is by understanding that we walk on one level playing field. Mr. Francis, hold on one second. I think somebody's trying to call. Let me see if we can add them on the Skype. Hello. Oh, I'm listening to the program this evening. As usual, it's a very interesting program. Um, very, very great program. Good, good dialogue. Good conversation. I must say, um, um, Mr. Francis is is very eloquent in in the way he delivers and explains um, the whole issue in in a language. No, I was saying that you know, um, Mr. Francis is is very eloquent in his delivery. And the manner in which he explains the issues, um, a way that any ordinary man could understand, and that is key. Um, as as a, as an attorney and as a professional, you have to have that ability to communicate across, so that um, not just persons within your circles. As, as professionals or, or quote-unquote elite, but even the ordinary man himself is able to understand and grasp what you are presenting. So I think he's doing an excellent job of that. So very, very good and interesting program. Mr. Francis, are you there? Uh, yes, I am now. Okay, Frank so he's with us. Very good. So he's, he's yeah. hearing you, Alvin. He's hearing you. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Mr. Francis. Good evening, sir. Good For evening, a moment, sir. I did not hear you. I just got reconnected. Yeah, I realized that look like um, te technical difficulties arose during the connection process. But yeah. um, this is Alvin yeah. calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, oh, good evening, Mr. Alvin. You know who's that? <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin Atlanta. Thomas. Atlanta. Alvin Thomas, Alvin. he, he from a. Um, General Secretary of the PSU. You, you yes, 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 yes. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I, I would just say to Tony, a uh, very interesting program, very enlightening program, and was complimenting the man in which you're presenting. And I was saying, as an attorney and as, as a, a professional, um, you, 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 you bring the issues across in such an eloquent manner that the ordinary man can understand exactly what you're saying. So often persons at, at your level, as attorneys or professionals, tend to use language and dialogues and dialects that, uh, you know, that uh, are only meant for the elites or the professionals within your circles. But I think you're doing a splendid job in really explaining the issue that anyone can, can listen and identify and understand what you're saying. So um, kudos to you. Yeah, thank um, you. Appreciate it. Yeah, but but I agree with you entirely. As as I indicated earlier this evening on another program that was aired on on Q ninety five with this union program, where I called in and and sort of lend my solidarity to the issues as it affects the public works workers. Um, I I said it's incumbent upon me as as a former leader of the. Civil Service Association, General Secretary of that organization for many, many years to, to lend my voice and my support to what's happening. The, the, 
the unfortunate thing that I see happening in Dominica, quite apart from the fact that um, the people's right to, to protest is being suppressed, is the fact that um, leaders and persons in various institutions are not lending their voice or speaking to the issue. And that's, that's sad. Um, I would have expected um, the leadership in, in the, the church, the business sector, and various other civic organizations in Dominica to, 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 to speak on those issues. Because these are the things that really undermines democracy. And protests is, a, is an integral part of any democratic society. And anytime you try to suppress protests, um, it's not going to lead to anything good. It, it's 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 one of the things that you see that occurs in dictatorial regimes and societies, and yes. that is something we certainly don't want to um, allow to happen in Dominica. So I think it's an issue that 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 not just the opposition who has an obligation to speak on it, but I think other leaders and organizations in Dominica has an obligation to to make a position on the matter. The church has to speak out of appeals and 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 um, social injustice in the community. The church has a role to play in that. The business community has a role to that to do. So I I just wanted to lend my my voice to it. I know Tony said he's always winding up, so I don't want to um, take much more time. But again, great program. Kudos to you, Mr. Francis. And as usual, Tony, you, you're doing a great job, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Alvin, thank you for calling in. And, and, and Mr. Francis, he, I know we, we spoke about Salisbury, but he also raised um, the stuff with public. Do you want to speak on that for a minute? Um, he also raised, I didn't get the... He, he spoke a little bit about the issue with the public work workers. Public work. Where they protested as well, and, and a couple of them have been sent home now. They have been issued letters to go home because of taking a position and protesting on the situation that it affects their work in public works. And that is unfortunate. And we spoke about constitutional modernization. We have to recognize that human rights have become the new religion of the world. That, that West, West and every country, matter of fact, which is captured with constitutional democratization, understands and accepts that, that its citizens, citizens protest when it's necessary. And for people to and be victimized or subject to excessive force or to be punished, punished for simply expressing the rights, the rights to get redressed. So that is why, so that is why we, need to, we need to look at where we are as a country and do not only leave the responsibility to the politicians to determine the future of Dominica. And I totally support Alvin in that business leaders, religious leaders, among other leaders in Dominica must take a stand to start speaking out does not have to be politics. This is not about partisanship. This is about leadership for the betterment of Dominica. Okay. So I think we lost Alvin in the process, but um, let me just say thank, thank you to him for calling. 
And um, Mr. Francis, just put, I, I'm going to take this as the only call that we're going to have. I'm going to give you the opportunity to to wrap up the the conversation tonight. I think it was a brilliant conversation. And um, your last words um, on not not your last words on the issue, but your last words on um, on this on this matter tonight. Well, first of all, let me thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on the issue of the May 11 protests in Salisbury and other matters, and to give me the opportunity to interact with your listeners, even if Alvin was the sole caller tonight, but I'm sure there are other listeners, and I'm hoping that they're having a good evening. And I want to thank the management of TDN Radio and ask our maker to bless TDN Radio and that TDN Radio grows and continue to play an important role in intellectualization, in the empowerment of, Dom of Dominicans. I want to call on every Dominican to stand up for what is right, to stand up for equity, stand up for justice, stand up for what is sound, stand up for anything which is good. And to keep in mind that our decisions today will determine our lives tomorrow. And we must not be selfish. We must be loving Dominicans and to build a Dominica which will be better for our children. We are taking certain decisions which we must rethink and to change our directions to make Dominica a better place. And as a politician and parliamentary representative of the Roosevelt constituency, I want to say a special good evening to all Roosevelt constituents, those in Dominica and throughout the world. May God bless you. May God bless Roosevelt. May God bless Dominica. And may God continue to bless our politicians, both in the opposition and the leadership in the government of Dominica. God bless Dominica. This is the best country in the world. It has a lot of potential, and we're hoping that we will get a change in the leadership of this country when the time arises to make Dominica the best place to live, the best place to work, and the best place to enjoy. Well, I want to, I want to thank you very much, uh, Mr. Francis. I want to I want to say that um, uh, it, it, definitely tonight oh, you you shed quite a bit of light on the issues. You took it from a, from a professional, from a legal standpoint, and explained to us oh, the, the the riot act that the police is, is is citing for for their actions. But most of all, I think you came across as a genuine person who is looking at the issue and, and, and outlining it in a very eloquent manner. And we certainly have listeners from Dominica. And even if one person called in, I got several text messages. Like, for example, a while ago, we had an echo on the line, and I got like 10 text messages in a, <laughs> in a heartbeat telling me that the, there was an echo. Um, so persons are engrossed and, and, and listening. And uh, I, I, I look forward to to having you back on the program. Uh, as as you go through, not only with this issue, but with the other issues that you deal with as a parliamentarian, uh, you have an open invitation to come back to, to this week in interview. And um, you blessed everybody, so I want to say blessings to you and your family as well. And the country needs young, strong men 
um, who are willing, who are courageous enough to, to stand up and to outline the issues. So let me say thank you very much once again, and have a good night. We really appreciate um, your time. Yeah, my pleasure. And I see that you're giving me a blessing as a pastor. You told me that I blessed everybody tonight, and you're going to bless me. So thank you for for the uh, the blessings. <laughs> I, I didn't know you had to be a pastor to wish blessings on persons, but okay, <laughs> I, I already had for the night. But really and truly, um, thank you very much. And as Alvin said, you were able to to give all the information in a manner that is clear, that everyone can understand, and I commend you on that. And in the next couple of weeks, two weeks from now, um, we have an agreement with um, a tentative agreement with Mr. Weeks from the police force to um, to be on the show. So if you can tune into that one as well, um, we would love some feedback because we want to get we want to give both sides and, and and get a clear understanding because I think with information um, we are we are all powerful. So so once again. Thank you very much and have a good night. Yeah, good night, sir. Okay. My pleasure. Thank you. All You're right, welcome. listeners, I want to say that we had another wonderful show. You do this every Wednesday night. If this is your first time listening, you know what I'm talking about. I think that I am actively blessed to be able to talk to such um, talented and gifted individuals. And, um, and I enjoy talking to them and I enjoy the fact that I can share my conversations with you. We hope that tonight we're able to give you a better understanding of the situation, and let's keep it let's keep it on our in our sights. Call your call your persons in 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 government or in parliament. Let them know what you wish. I guess all of us wish a peaceful resolution to that matter. But but more than peace, um, like they say, no 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 justice without peace. No no peace without justice, and the justice that we want to see is the the opportunity for persons to be able to to be economically viable and and so if that takes some emphasis on addressing needs of persons we call on those who are able to do that to to give those concerns a, um, a listening ear and so we commend um the persons who are courageous enough to stand up and let their voices be heard because it does take courage to, to leave your family and to go on the street and to protest. But we know that change doesn't come without protest. And so um, we commend the, those persons who are, are doing it, and we hope that it doesn't have to be as disruptive. But if it has to be, then we, then we encourage you to be, to be strong and to be brave. So um, having said this, I want to say good night, and thank you to uh, Mr. Francis for being our guest. Thank you to Engineer Sam. I'm your host, Anthony Drago. I reach out and touch, especially our listeners in Dominica. Uh, keep it, keep it going. We know that it that there are some challenges involved. Uh, our listeners in the diaspora, our listeners um, all over the world. We want to say thank you, and um, thank you for listening. We'll do this next week, Wednesday, uh, when we plan to do a tribute to the late president of Dominica, Doctor Nick Liverpool, um, someone that I know on a personal level. Um, and so we want to highlight his accomplishments and to give him a very good um, and hearty send-off, hearty farewell. His final services will be held at Grande uh, on, on Friday, on Friday the 19th. So next week Wednesday, our focus will be on Dr. Nick Liverpool. So I wish you a wonderful week and, and hope you have 
uh, a good day and good night to everybody. This has been This Week in Interview. I'm your host, Anthony Drago.